The other thing I'd like to say is uh, a wise person told me that, you know, in my, in my sermons I like to use a lot of analogies. And to look back on the, the teachings of Christ, everybody hear me? I look back and, and he used parables to try to relate his message to the people that he was preaching to. To translate his word, his lesson, his message to them in ways they could understand. And so as you read the title of today's sermon, you might not understand where I'm going to go with this for a sermon called Move Your Feet. Another alternative title could be, Are You Standing in the Right Place? So in almost all sports, there's an element of movement. You can run or throw or catch or, or hit or kick. And as you start to master a sport, there's what I like to call having a head for the game, understanding the game. It's important to make sure that your body's in the right position, whether it's in tennis, moving around to get your body in the right position for that forehand winner up the line, or a quarterback moving around in the pocket, stepping up to avoid getting sacked. But you've got to move your feet. Right now, Kate and I are, are coaching lacrosse teams, and one of the things that you have to do constantly in that sport is is to move your feet. It's very important to be in the proper position. If you're not in the right spot on defense, then the offense is going to go around you and score a goal. And if you're not moving your feet on offense, you're not going to get open. Nobody's going to pass to you, and then you can't score. The same principles apply to our lives as Christians. As we go through our days, where are we standing? Where have we planted our feet? And when we do move our feet, why do we do it? There's three aspects of today that I'd like to think about in terms of, of movement. And the first aspect is we move our feet to obey God's commands to us. If you look back in the, in the Old Testament, God was very direct in how he communicated to us. Back in Genesis chapter 12, he called Abram and Abram responded. If you look in Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, the Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. In the very next verse, So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Now Abram, without hesitation, moved his feet to obey God's will. And if you look at where the country of Haran was in today's geography, he's living at the northern end of what's called the Fertile Crescent. He had flocks and herds and servants. Abram was from a very, very rich family. Yet God had to ask him to have faith, to leave all that, and to travel somewhere where Abram had never seen, never even heard of, to leave all this. And for those of you that have been participating in 
Bible study on Sunday mornings, we know the rest of the story. Abram, and later Abraham, was very richly blessed for his faith in God. Let's contrast that with another person who moved his feet in the Old Testament. Let's look at Jonah. Starting out in Jonah chapter 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. God told Jonah to go in one direction, but he chose to instead go in the opposite direction. Instead of going to Nineveh, he turned around and headed for the Mediterranean Sea, got on a boat. And to summarize the story from there, a great storm hit the boat because he disobeyed God. And the sailors were afraid, and they wondered why they were in this storm. And finally, Jonah confessed that it was his fault. And he told them to throw him overboard so that the rest of the boat might be saved. And we know that Jonah at this point in time was swallowed by the great fish, and once inside the great fish, he prayed. And even though Jonah had walked away from God, that wasn't the end of Jonah's story. We know that the fish spat Jonah ate, fish spat Jonah out and gave him the chance to redeem himself. And so we pick up the story in Jonah chapter three. Starting in verse one, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I gave you, I give you. And Jonah obeyed the word and went to Nineveh. All of us in our Christian walk turn away from God at times. All of us. The important thing is to recognize when we do do it and turn back to Him. The second aspect of it, of moving our feet, is recognizing when we're heading into trouble. For those of you with children, anybody have, have your kid run out into the parking lot and your breath catches because you can see that car coming and they're not paying attention? Olivia. How much more so does God look at us? as we're running into sin and have his heartbreak because he knows what we're doing. He wants us to steer clear of it. But we need guidance. In Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16, Jeremiah tells us, this is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. We need to be watchful and careful 
as we walk along our pathways, seeking to know his will in our lives and live by it. For we know we're in constant danger of falling into sin and being lured into sin. And how do we know this? In 1 Peter chapter 5, starting in verse 8, we're warned, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around you like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. You know, sometimes it's just common sense. I don't think there's anybody in here that would want to stand out in the middle of Route 50 on a Friday evening in the summertime. Right? The likelihood of you're getting hit by a car is pretty, pretty good. Would any of you just stand there? Or would you move your feet to get out of danger? Similarly, there are places in downtown Baltimore or D.C. that you don't want to be hanging around at 2 o'clock in the morning. Absolutely nothing good is going to happen. Your physical life is in danger in these situations, and you have to move your feet, sometimes quickly, to make sure that you're safe. And sometimes we need to be led. In John chapter 10, beginning in verse 4, Jesus tells us, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And here Jesus is talking about the shepherd. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. We need to follow Christ as our shepherd and follow behind him in his ways to safety. We need to stay away from those voices that don't belong to him. Because Christ made it clear in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. And sometimes we have to move our feet physically in this world to make sure that our spiritual life is safe as well. We need to take ourselves to places where we are surrounded by our brothers and sisters in Christ so we can be encouraged, we can be uplifted, and we can get the strength that we need to resist temptation and sin. And sometimes we may not even realize that we're in the middle of that sinful highway and may need someone to guide us out of danger. The writer in Hebrews chapter 10 summarizes it very well beginning of verse 24, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, all the more so as you see the day approaching. We need to be disciplined in moving our feet, keeping on the solid foundation, and keep from losing heart when we feel overwhelmed, knowing we have the promise of Jesus Christ and nothing can keep us from the love of God.
We need to keep our feet moving. Sorry, skipped a page. The last aspect I would like to consider is an amplification of that last point. As was so kindly read here earlier in Matthew chapter 7. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And I'd like to add verse 27 as well. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When faced with the trials and tribulations that come with each day, do you find yourself deeply troubled, or does the peace that passes understanding wash over you? And this is what led me to come up with this sermon. When I'm faced with trials, when I'm faced with temptations, the problems of of the day, I ask myself, where are my feet? Are my feet on the sand of this world? Or are they on the rock of Jesus Christ? Are they grounded in faith? Or are we depending on the world? I know for every trouble that I face, there are others out there that face much, much worse. But then I look back on my life and through each woe that I've had, I've been brought through them. Not by my own hand, but through the grace of God. And so when I start to feel sorry for myself or start to get overwhelmed with grief, I have to remind myself, and sometimes literally have said, you need to move your feet and stand on the rock instead of the sand you're standing on right now. And it takes discipline. In 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24, Paul reminds us, Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. And we need that discipline to keep from losing heart. Knowing that we have the promises that come through Jesus Christ. And that nothing can keep us from God's love. We need to keep our feet moving where God would have us go. In Hebrews chapter 12, the first three verses... The writer says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. 
For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This weekend, we're going to celebrate the graduating class of 2016. And some members of this class are going to go to the far corners of the world, facing new and challenging situations. Many of them are going to spend a whole lot of time around those that don't believe in God or hold different views of religion than they do. And to all of them, I would, I would say, remember the words of John in 2 John chapter 9. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God, but whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. So stay strong in your faith and keep moving your feet along the path that God intended for you and always stand on the solid rock of Christ Jesus. If you're not a Christian this morning, I ask that you move your feet in that direction. If you are and you need prayers or comfort, also come forward as we stand and sing.